Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking to a Syracuse football legend and about the finish to Syracuse basketball season. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Syracuse football legend and college football Hall of Famer, Don McPherson. Don, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Great to speak with you again. Great to speak with you as well, Wes. Don, I want to get you started on this one. You recently appeared on the College Football Hall of Fame Lessons from Legends series. What does it mean to you to be in the College Football Hall of Fame? You know, I'm I'm kind of a a college football geek. I love the game. I love the history of the game. Uh, I think that's what what makes it what it is today is so many of of the men and women who came uh, before us to to prop the game up and and make it such a, a spectacle, but also a part of American history. When you go back, you look at Grantland Rice and, uh, and, and Douglas MacArthur, General MacArthur, founders of, of the National Football Foundation, uh, you realize that, that you're a part of American history. So it, it's, it's a tremendous honor. Uh, and, and being a college football geek, you know, I'm going to see Joe Burrow uh, probably this weekend at the Maxwell Award. And you go from Joe Burrow all the way back to guys like Archie Manning and some of the other great players in, in our game that I get a chance to rub elbows with each year. So it's, it's just a great experience and uh, a great thing to represent Syracuse University in the Hall of Fame. Don, what's your favorite part about visiting the College Football Hall of Fame? You know, as I said, the, the history, I, I, you know, uh, Douglas MacArthur's desk is, is at the Hall now. It's one of the few items that sits in the Hall of Fame uh, that – uh, is, is actual an item. The Hall of Fame is, is mostly digital, uh, so it's, it's a tremendous place. With you know, the history literally comes alive uh, digitally uh, at the Hall, but it's it's just a, a place that, that has captured so much of, of the history of the game. It's not just about the Hall of Famers, but it's about the history and the pageantry uh, of college football. So you'll see videos that that will document last season 
uh, right on down to things, like I said, like, like Douglas MacArthur's actual physical desk from the White House. Don, let's talk a little Syracuse football now. Two seasons ago, the Orange reappeared in the top 25, the first time since 2001, as a Syracuse football legend. What was it like for you to see the program back on the rise? It was it was it was uh, you know it was exciting in Syracuse to see this, this team and all of a sudden I think way ahead of Dino Baker's schedule uh, moving into the top twenty five and, and, and win ten games I think it was, it was even I think even Dino Baker was, was a little surprised to see how quickly they got they got so good and a lot of that you know is the credit of Eric Dungey the quarterback who was in his fifth year had a tremendous year tremendous career at Syracuse I think that was a big part of that season was was the play of Dungy that really propelled that offense. Uh, and, and the defense you know, was, was definitely much better than, than the years past. So it was good to see them moving in the right direction. Uh, I think it was helped by maybe a little bit of a weak ACC that year that I think surprised some people with a few programs being down. And, uh, so they caught lightning in the bottle. It was a lot of fun to watch. Don, in your Lessons from Legends video, you talked about how Coach Max said to play within yourself and that's something that you took away from your time with him. What other advice would you give Tommy DeVito as he heads into his second year as a starting quarterback? You know, I, I think the difficult thing for a lot of college football players now that something that I didn't face when I was in school was it was it and it was a twelve year, a twelve month job, but now it's twelve months of scrutiny between social media and, and so many more media outlets and so many more so much more chatter about the game. Uh, it's it's 12 months out of the year that that you're in the spotlight that that people are talking around you about the game and your performance and all that and so I, I think that the thing that I would suggest is not just the timing but any college football player and quarterbacks in particular is find some time for yourself and, and get away from the game have fun figure out how to have fun in the game uh, despite all the scrutiny and, and quite frankly last season was not fun for Tommy you got you got beat up pretty bad physically uh, and you know that that impacts you mentally. And so he's got to find some time to get away from the game, find out what, what, what gives him some passion away from the game, and have fun. And that, that just rejuvenates you for when you come back into the arena, when you come back on the field, and then you, you have that ability to step, take a step away from it uh, and see the game a little bit differently. Don, you talked about Dino Bapers a little bit. I just wanted to get your thoughts on him and how he's run the program. You know, Dino came in with, with an idea of running the, the kind of system that he's run in other places. It's, it's that fast uh, system where, where you, you, you could go fast, um, but you need two things to go fast. You need the players to do it, um, and then you need a defense that's going to assure you're up. Because if you're going fast and you're three and out, it's only taking up 20 seconds off the clock. Uh, that puts your defense in, in a really tough spot. And so. The defensively, you know, he's he struggled, and and they have to get better there. And you know, offensively, I think the the struggle for for, for Coach Babers and and the system is that you don't go fast in the Northeast. You know, high school football here, high school players here, you know, they play lacrosse, they play basketball, they run track, they do other things um, during the off season in, in high school football in the Northeast. So he's got to go far and wide to find the players that can go fast, that can run that kind of system, that play that kind of system in high school. And, and so it's been difficult, I think, for him to recruit locally. And I think that's going to be a struggle for him, a challenge for him, um, to, to get those local kids to stay home, to stay in the Northeast, uh, because they just don't run that kind of system. So I, I think that's the, 
biggest challenge for him. Uh, I think Dino is a smart guy, he's an enthusiastic, energetic guy, and a great football guy. So uh, he'll find those players and he'll get them motivated because when they, when they get them, when you're around them, he's got an infectious kind of enthusiasm that, that it's really great to be around. And Don, we'll get you out of here on this one. You're a self-proclaimed college football geek. You've obviously kept up with college football in Syracuse. So how do you see the Orange doing in 2020? You know, I think this is a, a team that can bounce back. Uh, I think there's going to be some, you know, some maturity on Tommy's part. I said how, how much he got beat up last year. I think that that brings some maturity, right? He's going to start to figure out the mistakes he made. And, and uh, I think it's going to depend on offensive line play and defense. So I think those are the two things that they're going to really need to protect Tommy, uh, give him some time, and, and he's going to be very, very effective. So um, they've got to show up the line and, and – and, uh, fill some holes in the defense. They're losing some good people back there, and, and so um, those two things are going to determine where the season goes. And you know, you know, college football is a, a, a funny thing. You get a lot of new faces each year, and uh, I think this could be a year that Syracuse can get back to you know seven, eight, nine, ten wins uh, again. Don, thanks so much for coming back on the program again. Syracuse football legend and college football Hall of Famer Don McPherson. Don, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Speak with you soon. Thank you, Wes. My pleasure. Great stuff from our friend Dom McPherson, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse with a 84-71 win over Boston College on Tuesday, moving them to 17-13 and 13 on the season. It means they're guaranteed to finish the 2020 ACC tournament with a winning record, so huge for Jim Beheim to keep that streak alive. It was nice to see Syracuse get out in front early against the Eagles and see them beat up on a lesser ACC team. Absolutely, to beat up on teams you're supposed to beat in the ACC. And, Wes, that's how the schedule was playing out here at the end, where the last five games were against teams that were below Syracuse in the standings, but kind of a misnomer with a North Carolina team that's now back at full strength and certainly playing like it did back early in the, uh, the basketball season in November. But Syracuse has to win these games at the end of the year to show the improvement that Jim Beheim has been telling us about, I think, since the beginning of January. Uh, during the five-game winning streak, of course, we were hearing and saw the improvement in the team. Then with a couple row losses uh, against tough opponents, Florida State and Louisville, and then returning to the Dome and losing to Duke, we, we still heard about the improvement. So we were asking, you know, back then, where's the improvement? Well, this team, as you mentioned, is going to at least finish with a winning record. And while those standards may be a little bit lower than they have been, you know, in, in other uh, tenures, uh, years, I should say, during Jim Beheim's tenure, the way college basketball is going and the way the ACC, the teams have been beating up upon each other this year and around the country, top 25 teams knocking off each other, finishing above 500 and a couple of games 500 is certainly you know, nothing to be ashamed of in the ACC. Just the, the agonizing fact that probably you know three victories are so short of making the NCAA tournament and that's what Syracuse basketball is about, competing for national championships. So from that, from that aspect, certainly disappointing. But beat up the teams you have to beat here and, and go into the postseason strong. And as Jim Beheim said after the Boston College game, we're, we're still going to play the games that are on our schedule. 
Brad, you wrote about in your Orange Watch column this week. This is one of the better coaching jobs Jim Beheim has done in his career. Now, the result of an NCAA tournament won't be there, but given how the team started losing all of their non-conference games early in the year, you have to be happy with at least seeing the improvement from this team. There were so many games during the ACC portion of the season, Wes. I was thinking they only scored 34 total points against Virginia in the opener and, you know, would get games scoring 70 in the 80s uh, against ACC opponents. Really have come a long way because you think about it, Jalen Carey was a starting point guard. Uh, He was struggling early, then got hurt. So Joe Girard comes in as a freshman. We knew he was a talented player based on his high school career and all the points he scored. But still, you're asking a freshman to step in and run the show at the point, and, and that's certainly tough. And then you're basically talking about your sixth man being a freshman from not exactly a basketball hotbed of Montreal and Quincy Garrier. And then about the improvement each year they've been in the program of Merrick Dolezal and most especially Barama Sidibe in the middle. You and I, Wes, have talked repeatedly about how important it is to the configuration of Syracuse basketball that they have a very strong presence at the number five position down low. And as Sidibe has improved, and great coaching is doing that in practice and during the tenure of his Syracuse career, we've seen that and we're going to see it here with a chance to finish, you know, just below Florida state, Duke, uh, Virginia, uh, in the ACC standings in Louisville. So, uh, really good coaching job by not only Jim Beheim but the staff and scouting opponents in the ACC coming up with game plans to, to, to win these games and, uh, the team developing as they do, as I like to say, under professor Beheim as a basketball semester, matriculates into March Madness. Brad, talking about the players who have improved over time, let's talk about Elijah Hughes. He led Syracuse with the 28 points in the win over Boston College. 19.1 points per game, 5 rebounds, 3.6 assists. He's turned into an all-ACC caliber player after not being on a single ACC preseason team. But here we are in March, and I think he's deserving of a first-team all-ACC selection. He certainly deserves to be on the first team. It'll be a crime if he's not. It's that simple, Wes. He's been the leading scorer. He's done so much for this team besides scoring. I mean, I think his defense has been great. He's blocked a lot of shots. He's gotten rebounds. He's been pesky when he needs to be. So that's on the defensive side of the ball. And we know, for all intents and purposes, many times he's unstoppable when Certain players have been guarding him. We've seen that throughout the ACC schedule. So he's done it all. He deserves to be a first-team player. And I was looking back at all the, the preseason information during earlier in the week. And, of course, Syracuse was picked eighth. And as you mentioned, Hughes was nowhere to be found. And I, I think that says a lot, too, about you know coverage of the conference. I've been saying it since Syracuse has been an ACC member. It is a Southern Conference uh, of the media reside in Virginia, North Carolina. So I don't think at times there really can help but be a bias. And uh, media can't watch every game of a 15-team league. And uh, I think sometimes, you know, players do get, you know, lost in the shuffle, fall through the cracks. And certainly that was the case for Elijah Hughes heading into the season. And I think it was for Syracuse. I think they were underrated heading in. There were questions. People were saying how good would they be. And I think they, you know, as we, we talked earlier, they, they have exceeded those expectations, even though it may not result in an NCAA bid. Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. 
Well, agonizingly close for the football team. Wes, right? Probably a win, well, one win away from being bowl eligible in North Carolina State and Pittsburgh football games you think about. And as I wrote this week about the basketball team, agonizingly close, but no cigar with an NCAA bid, probably because they didn't win in Brooklyn or beat Iowa and win, uh, finished a win or two short in the ACC. But back where they belong, the Syracuse lacrosse team. <laughs> Let's see if the Laxmen will make up for postseason success on their own and get back to competing for the national championship. Just so great to see Syracuse lacrosse and credit to John Desco and uh, the great talent that's been recruited uh, at both ends of the field and a salute to the Orange for returning to the top spot in college lacrosse. Brad, my closing thoughts are on Mike Hopkins and the University of Washington, who scored a big upset win over Arizona State on Thursday night. It hasn't been a good year for Hopkins and the Huskies, who have gone 14 and 16 overall, but that is in part due to Quade Green being suspended midway through the season when UW was 11 and 4. Hopkins is a two time Pac 12 Coach of the Year, and here's hoping he bounces back next year. Always been a huge supporter of Hop. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that you is probably the most magnetic letter. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.